Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nine Lives, season two, episode five. Today, we're going to be talking about building mental and physical resiliency and how to stop giving up on your fitness journey when it feels impossible, which is a big one. I think a lot of people make promises to themselves that they don't keep and end up giving up on things, uh, throwing in the towel and not having that kind of staying power that I think people think doesn't belong to them. But I'm here to tell you today that it absolutely belongs to everyone. I'm going to do this in a little bit of a different way, obviously, because it's me. So I just got back from Thailand. We were there for almost two weeks. We kept extending our stay. Uh, I learned a lot on that trip and it was really nice. I, I was still working while I was out there, but I took a good chunk of time away from social media and I'm learning more and more just how much I really need that. I'm in this very strange place in my life where I am shedding a lot of things that I thought I needed to be happy uh, that actually I don't. And being in Thailand and being with friends there, uh, I have friends who live in Northern Thailand and have lived there for 10 years and really are just very Thai now. Um, seeing the way of life, meeting some Buddhists, seeing the monks, seeing the temples, existing in the jungle and kind of stripping back a lot of my routines to just the bare minimum and simpleness of sunlight movement, connection, all the things I talk about, right, but actually doing it in real life. Um, I didn't put any pressure on myself to film anything or post anything or, or take photos of myself. Usually I feel this need to kind of document and share absolutely everything because of course I want to part, you know, give what I learn and give inspiration to you all. But I just wanted some moments to be really for myself and to be able to stay super present. And I'm learning more and more just how much uh, I have work to do on my own ego and how much it informs a lot of the things that I do. And I'm struggling a lot with the relationship between having to do my job on social media while also trying to kill my ego. <laughs> Low ego, not no ego, but it's a funny old time for me. I do feel like everything is slightly falling apart for it to come together. And for the first time in my life, I'm letting it. I'm just releasing control and being like, all right, I'll figure it out. And even though it doesn't feel good right now, I think it's going to be fine. I just know that I can't keep doing what I've been doing. Um, the output has been too much and I'm not sure the reasons that I've been so hyperproductive have been, you know, the most soulful. So anyway, long story short, I'm just saying that I feel a change coming and I welcome it and I have learned a lot and would like to take the stillness that I felt there uh, and bring it home. So I ran up Doi Sutep, which is the highest mountain in northern Thailand. Um, and look, I'm new to this whole traveling thing. You know, this is the first time I've had the resources to be able to travel. 
when I was 18 years old and again at 21, my mates went traveling. And I remember uh, sitting around at the pub and them talking about it, uh, saying that, you know, we're going to go to Thailand, we're going to do, I think it was Thailand, and I think some of them went into railing, which was a very common thing to do. Now, um, at that time in my life, my my whole lifestyle was shrouded in a lot of secrecy and shame around uh, secret eating and binge eating and having really bad personal hygiene because I was suffering so badly from depression and just a lot of tumultuous things that were happening that meant that I really, really went inside myself and wanted to stay inside all the time. It took a lot for me to go out and go into the world and I didn't want to. So of course, traveling, I mean, never, it would never have happened. I didn't want my mates to see me out of a very controlled environment. So I said no. And now I'm 30 and I'm seeing the world and not just seeing the world, but I'm climbing mountains, quite literally climbing mountains and running up Doi Sutep. And if you haven't been to Northern Thailand, um, there is a road that goes up the mountain uh, from the bottom of the mountain to the base of the steps of the temple. I didn't run up to the temple because I just don't think it's that respectful to run into the sacred you know, place. I just went to the base. Um, I did go up to the temple covered and not covered in sweat uh, another day, but I... I, we went up the first day to have a look at the temple and I remember on the way down on the back of a motorbike <laughs> I just said to myself well, I'm going to run this road on Monday. I just know that I I have to do this. It's it's something that um, locals have attempted and my Thai fighters attempt to do. It's, a, it's 13 kilometres of just very sheer elevation. So it's not an easy thing to do and I didn't think I'd be able to do it honestly. I'm you know, I have done a lot of running, but I don't do a lot of elevation stuff. Anyway, decided I was going to do it and I did it. I bloody did it. Um, and it was one of those really mind bending, altering moments where when I got to the top or you kind of swing around the last bend and the road opens up and there are these massive sculptures going along this road of uh, dragons and uh, the Naga uh, snake and then just this giant golden Buddha and huge temple. And I've never been to Asia. So this culture is like to see this and perceive this with my eyes is already mind altering just to see the richness of their culture and color. Um, but to run and turn the corner and see the temple open up in front of me and know that the last four years I'm almost carrying that on my back and I'm coming to this place where I'm free of what I've been through and I'm running up and I go to the top of the temple and burst into tears obviously um, and just feel like well that's just the personification of the last you know few years of really a lot of hard work and I will continue to climb mountains to show other people they can do it too, but also for myself. Um, it was a really beautiful moment and just spent the rest of the time um, 
exploring the jungle as much as possible, looking for snakes with Joe. Uh, obviously, we recorded an, an episode together last week, so I hope you all enjoyed that. It was a lot longer than usual as well, but I know that you guys liked it, so that's really sweet. I'm really grateful he came on. Um, he's a very wise man, very interesting guy, so yeah. So, <laughs> that's my little Thailand spiel over with, but yeah, just what I took away from that is... Uh, mm, you you can't bloom all the time and I think in the western world we're very obsessed with productivity and we're very obsessed with showing others our productivity and holding up our medals for others to see very loudly I'm working the hardest I'm doing the most I look the best when actually there are some seasons and times in your life where being still is the most powerful thing you can do and also doing it quietly for yourself as well. Moments of self-reflection. Um, I think that's very important too. So I've learned, I've learned a lot. And um, I'm letting it all sink in. And then I'm sure it will all come out in this season too. But I do feel a renewed sense of almost like the urgency has been taken away from me. And I feel quite calm. And I'm just kind of letting things unfold as they will. And yeah, so thank you, Chiang Mai, Northern Thailand, for that experience. It was uh, amazing. So we're going to start with a little quote from Buddha, because obviously, um, you know, I'm not a Buddhist, but I uh, definitely, um, I love their teachings. And I've been reading a lot more on it um, after meeting some monks out there as well. The quote uh, the one I wanted to start the episode with today is the seed of suffering in you may be strong, but don't wait until you have no more suffering before allowing yourself to be happy. And I think that's a really good place to start off with because I think so many of us, when we're thinking about starting journeys, whether it's with uh, fitness or weight loss, weight gain, financial you know whatever business all of this stuff self-improvement we almost kind of think we have to wait for a certain parameter of things to be perfect in order for us to start a lot of people don't start fitness journeys until they feel that they are ready to start or they have all the equipment all the knowledge whatever it is for example when I started this podcast I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't have a logo. I didn't have any, you know, social media or anything like that for it. I've got very good or become very good at starting something when it's a mess. <laughs> I think there's something really powerful and beautiful about saying, I'll just give it a go and I'll work it out as I go along. You know, I think it's the typical tale of uh, you say, right, okay, today's the day. You order all the dumbbells on Amazon and a notebook or a calendar and you mark down what you're going to do. Uh, and every time you just end up falling off, uh, you fall short of extraordinary uh, or you don't see the results you want straight away and you just give up. This is uh, a huge thing is the whole uh, giving up before you've given yourself a chance to really blossom. And... The question I want to pose to you today is, why not you? Why not you? Why shouldn't you do this? You know, there are so many reasons why 
so many people will never be ready, will have parameters on what it is they can achieve because what they've been through. But you have to try to be stronger than your suffering and allow the journey that you want to embark on be from a place of love and a place of trust in yourself. And today I hope to offer you some tools that will change the way you think about that journey and allow you to cultivate the steady self-belief to stick to the promises that you make to yourself. But we all deserve to build trust in ourselves. That's so important. If we look at the neuroscience of building trust in ourselves, Alicia Goldstein says, if we can learn to intentionally pay attention to our moments of vulnerability without judgment and meet it with a curious and caring awareness, we condition the natural ability to trust and rely on ourselves. But like anything, it takes intention, attention and practice. If I can kind of pinpoint a couple moments in my own journey where I've been incredibly frustrated and I've wanted to quit, and this goes for running, lifting, weight loss, business. Those I think would be the four pillars of things I've done or achieved. There have been so many horrible, <laughs> vulnerable moments where I have felt like this isn't working. I want to give up. I cannot do this anymore. Conceivably, I do not have the power in me to keep going. I notice that in those moments where I have felt uh, very vulnerable and in a lot of pain, um, that when I perceive those moments without judgment uh, and with kind of something to learn about myself, when I'm going through those moments of pain, uh, I'm able to trust myself more because I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm just letting myself feel that feeling and then saying, okay, I know that you feel that way and I understand it's frustrating, but we're going to keep going. Uh, or we're going to take some rest and then we're going to keep going. Another Buddhist quote for you. <laughs> I can never say this guy's name, but he's written some absolutely wonderful books. His name is, uh, you'll all have to correct me, I'm sure you will, Thich Nhat Han. He's quite a famous, he's very famous, so I'm sure someone will know how to pronounce that. I should have looked it up. Um, he says, you have to realize that happiness is not something you find at the end of the road. You have to understand that it is here and it is now. And this is something I, I bark on about all the time. My favorite expression or saying being the joy is the journey, uh, which is something I used to say to myself again and again and again on my own journey. The joy is the journey. So in moments where you know, I had massive plateaus when it came to weight loss and fitness and my mental health as well. There's been really bad months where I just am not getting better. And because I live with a mood disorder, there are just some days where it's just going to feel really bad. And that's, you know, it's just going to happen. But it all changed for me and it all became a lot easier to deal with when I realized that if you continuously chase this sort of like idea of perfection or a finished product or a finished end thing all the time, what you're missing is the road that you're on at that present moment. If I talk about or take it back to the run up Doisu Tep, my temple run, being at the top of the temple was an amazing feeling, but the run was the important part. 
the run up to the temple, you know, it was painful. <laughs> it was hard. I had a smile on my face the entire time because I couldn't quite believe I was there and actually experiencing something like that. But that road up to the temple was the happiness. And thinking back to all the moments on my own journey, especially my running journey at the very beginning when I was just learning to run for a kilometer for the first time and I was completely out of breath and I had a red face and it felt awful. But I remember the first time I ran a kilometer in Gunnersbury Park, that joy was so palpable for myself and it felt amazing. And seeing things like noticing the leaves on the ground or seeing the sunlight through the trees for the first time and actually perceiving the wonders of the world through a mind that wasn't clouded with self-hatred or shame was the joy. And going along and allowing myself to stop and pick up those little gems and little wins is what made it so much easier and does remain so much easier for me to continue on this path and keep improving because I know that every day there's always something to be learnt and there's always a win, there's always a little bit of happiness and not every day will feel extraordinary. In fact, I'd argue 99.9% .9 of days are rather mundane uh, and you might have that 0.01% of days that are extraordinarily happy and feel like you're vibrating, but it's about allowing yourself to sit in the 99.9 uh, and find little bits of happiness every single day. Your, you know, cup of tea in the morning, bloody the first cup of tea in the morning. I love it. I, I get up quite early sometimes if my brain allows me. Um, I'm jet lagged at the moment, so I was up at four and I love, 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 love more than anything when the world is asleep and it's quite dark and it's quiet and you have your first cup of tea or coffee. And um, I usually read a couple of pages of a book in the morning before I do my journaling. Uh, and just that moment of stillness, I'm like, oh my God, this isn't extraordinary, but I feel extraordinarily content. And that's so wonderful. And there were so many moments like that along my way where if you ground yourself in everyday joys, it, it's so much easier to continue. And I think it will be easier for me to continue into my 40s, 50s, 60s with this mindset, uh, knowing that that's what makes me happy. Little things. And I, you know, don't feel the need for large, extraordinary moments every single day. So I'm now going to read you a teaching all about patience. It's a teaching from a text called The All-Embracing Net of Views, Some of the Qualities and Manifestations of Complete Patience. It's also been translated as the net of Brahma or the divine net. And these are from Buddhist teachings again on patience. Patience is a strength. Summon patience knowing that it is a strength. Patience is a stream of water extinguishing the fire of anger. Patience is a mantra for quelling poisonous speech. What if you had a word or phrase that was an expression of patience that you held in your heart and mind so that when you were in a challenging situation with another person, you just held that word, image or mantra in your mind? This is my favorite image. Patience is an ocean on account of its depth, a shore on account of bounding the great ocean of hatred. Patience is a beautiful quality, a beautiful, benevolent, beneficial quality. I have a teacher who suggests that when we cultivate these beautiful qualities, like the ten paramis perfections, they are gems that adorn the heart and mind. You may have experienced this in your own life. 
you meet someone who's so dedicated to living with wisdom, compassion or kindness that the light of those qualities shines through their very being and they're made beautiful by having these qualities active within their heart and their mind. I'm not talking about physical beauty. It's an inner beauty that comes radiating through their being. So you can think of patience and its steadying power as a gem with many, many facets. Patience as forbearance, patience as gentle perseverance, and patience as acceptance of the truth. Complete patience helps the heart to mature into non-reactivity, and it comes into its full maturity through being animated by the wish to alleviate suffering and to uproot greed, aversion, and delusion. These paramis are brought to life through the intention and compassion and liberation. This is patience. I just thought... Well, uh, I couldn't say it better myself, obviously, but what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful excerpt. Um, it's from the All Embracing Netta Views, which <clears throat> you can look up and read a little bit more of. Patience is something I believe that we <laughs> we lack more and more of nowadays. Uh, not many people are in, are in it for the long game or the long haul, are we? Our patience and attention span has been nuked to nine second videos on TikTok and Instagram. And I think that if you are someone who is in a place that feels very stale in their life and you're struggling to get to the next place or you're struggling with a lot of false starts and a lot of throwing in the towel, that patience might be something that you would want to cultivate. And I think that Patience is a habit that requires practice. It's a muscle that needs to be built and it's incredibly frustrating and very difficult to do so. If I take my own fitness journey, <clears throat> patience is something that I forcibly had to learn. I didn't start from the same place as other people. Let's say someone who's uh, always been athletic and wants to build a little bit of muscle, goes to the gym three times a week and hey presto, they look like a bodybuilder. Um, I had a lot of things that need to be worked through first. And when I was standing at the bottom of that mountain realizing, okay, one day I'd like to run a marathon, but Jesus, I'd like to not feel like I wanna die first. Looking at all the stages and realizing the amount of patience that was going to take me was inconceivable. And yet, when you break it down to everyday practices and everyday sort of self-reflective moments, uh, moments of happiness and joy, patience can belong to you. And again, I know I'm talking about Thailand a lot, but I just, it was so magical for me. But the people there, <clears throat> they have a stillness about them, uh, that you almost kind of know if you gave them a task or you said to them, you know, I'd like you to do this or I'd like you to find this out or discover this about yourself or train for this or become a runner, become whatever. You almost just know that they would say, all right, I think that will take me five years, but I'll do it and I'll work it out. And that is patience. If you want to try to cultivate patience and it's something that you're interested in looking into, the first tool or the first thing I would say, uh, which is an uncomfortable one, but you have to be very honest with yourself. Look at your lifestyle, look at your daily habits, look at how you spend your mornings, your evenings, look at your inner voice. 
are these things that are going to help you remain patient? Do you have a shorter fuse with yourself? Are you impatient with yourself? Do you speak to yourself cruelly when you believe that you haven't done something fast enough? We are clouded and bombarded with things on social media from influencers who make you fucking believe that you should be able to build a business, have a million dollars, have a massive ass and a tiny waist in the space of six weeks or whatever it is that they're touting, you know, this month. But true joy comes from the simple, steadfast belief that with patience, integrity and honesty, you can achieve anything you want. And it does not necessarily have to be glitter and fame and wealth and aesthetics. It can just be a strong assurance of a healthy mind. It can be falling asleep at night, feeling content and calm. It can be amazing, nurturing friendships and relationships, good relationships with your family. Whatever it is, with patience, you can do all of those things. But that relationship has to begin with yourself. So if I think back to the very beginning of my journey, weight loss, fitness, whatever you want to call it, I had so many false starts from the ages of about 25 to 27, maybe 24 to 27 before I started. I had maybe like six or seven false starts. I would stay up late at night Googling Weight Watchers, Slimming World, you name it. I was just trying to be like how to lose a stone in a week you know, how to lose six pounds in two days, whatever it is, because I desperately wanted to feel like myself again. And, you know, I'll admit now looking back that like, and I, I know you guys know, like I'm always growing and changing and changing my views and stuff that I thought back then I'd never think now. And I think I thought that losing weight would fix all my problems. Um, certainly it did not. Uh, fitness really helped. Um, but that's a different, that's a totally different episode. But, you know, I had so many places where I'd, I'd get to the beginning and I'd be like, right, okay, I've got this plan. Um, let's say it was Weight Watchers or something, right? So they do your point system. So I've got this many points in a day. I'm going to go out to Sainsbury's now. I'm going to get all my groceries. Um, it's going to be really healthy. I've got four days of healthy food. I'm going to try and go for a walk once a day or three times a week, whatever it is. I'd always last about three days and then I'd give up and I'd order McDonald's or I'd go out, you know, and black out at the pub with my mates and the bender would go on for three days and I'd injure myself and it would all be back to square one. So I had so many false starts, but there was always like a little seed in my brain that knew Cassia, there's more to life. There's more to life than this. You, I think in you, there's something telling you that you want more. And what finally changed for me and how I got over all those false starts um, of throwing in the towel was the acceptance that the road is never ending and that the need for results to be happy is a form of self-sabotage. Contentment in life comes from doing hard things without the promise of life-changing payback. I'm going to say that one more time. Contentment in life comes from doing hard things without the promise of life-changing payback. Without the sparkling promise of treasured temples, 
that temple you are searching is temperance. That temple is building a steadfastness in yourself that is unshakable and rooted in self-belief. It holds up a flag to the world and says, I am brave and I have the strength to overcome what others' limiting beliefs of myself are. I make my kingdom. So the main reason people give up is that they don't see results straight away. That's the main reason because it's fed to us that it is also instant and that, you know, you can have a six pack in six days or, you know, whatever it is, it's now, 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 I need it now. I'm scrolling through TikTok and I need it now. And I, a good life and a, you know, if we're talking about mastery of self or anyone that has mastered their craft in any form of life, literacy, art, anything, it takes years and the real real treasure is in that journey knowing that it is never ending doing things without the need for a reward or a pat on the back or a physical you know manifestation of it is what will get you results so for me for example um I stopped genuinely when 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 I stopped caring about what I looked like or what the scale was saying was when I started to really lose weight because I almost realized that I had to cultivate this life that was just active regardless of what was going on, regardless of what the scale said or what my genes were fitting like or anything like that. I realized that around me, there just has to be this lifestyle that I'm making that's rooted in things that make me happy. Time in nature, movement, stuff for inner child, all the things we've spoken about over the last two seasons of this podcast. I realized that that road is never ending. And if I constantly require these massive results uh, and all of this validation, then I'll never stick to it. There are times in life where the most important part or the most important periods are when you're not seeing the results, when it feels really lonely and strange, when it feels like nothing's working and you feel like, God, am I the exception to the rule? Is my body broken? I can't do this. It's not working. I'm not building muscle. I'm not increasing stamina. I'm not losing weight. It's not working. It's when all that's happening in your brain and you continue anyway that the real treasure happens and that's when extraordinary happens and so many people I see it so many times get to 70% of their potential and they give up you know they get over that full start they continue they do it they're getting there they get to 70% and that plateau I notice I've noticed it with clients and friends and loads of people I've worked with throughout the years they get to 70% and just above that is 80, 90, 100, beyond, infinity, extraordinary, you're running ultras, you're, you know, I don't know, you've started a business and it's working and all of that stuff. They just stop short um, because something happens like a plateau or that voice inside starts telling them, no, you can't do it or they don't have the patience. But the people that kind of allow themselves to plateau and be in that and still do the work because they know that the road is never ending and they do summon that patience. They continue on and they get to those planes of just complete like mastery, power, 
whatever you want to call it, wisdom, enlightenment. <laughs> I'd love to reach enlightenment, honestly. Looking at those monks meditating, I was like, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. My mind is like a million miles an hour and I was looking over at the meditation center and they're so still. Even the way they walk through the temples is like, it's just oh, so moving, honestly. Um, you also have to remember not to be your own worst enemy. Um, we are our own worst enemies and the only voice that is continual and will always be with you is your own. And that voice is often informed by people throughout our lives, whether it's our mothers, fathers, school bullies, first love, whoever. I still remember, dude, like there are things that people said to me at school that still come into my head when I'm having bad days. Like I, oh, this is such a bad story, but I, I once tried to go to a house party with these people at school who were not very nice. So I'm not really sure why I did, but when you're a kid, you only want to be accepted, right? That's all you ever want is just for people to like you and to be included. But I tried to go to this party. One of the popular kids was having it. I was at a new school um, and the people were just very different to me than like, anyway, went to this like posh house in London. Um, and yeah, the guy like wasn't letting me in, but he let all my girlfriends <laughs> in front of me in. And then the guy stood there um, and I was like, I just got really awkward because I was a really awkward teenager. Um, and I was like, oh, can I come in? And he was like, sorry, no fat, see you next Tuesday is allowed. And everybody laughed. <laughs> and I remember like so vividly, like there were three boys on the balconies, balcony smoking a cigarette. Um, and they were just in floods of hysterics. And I turned around and went home and cried. <laughs> and I still remember those little moments that happened to me, like growing up, that still when I'm having bad or stressful days or someone's being cruel to me or stress is very, work is very stressful, they will come and flood my mind and I'll start being my own worst enemy and repeating those things and being like, God, you're useless. Like, you're not allowed here. People don't like you. You're strange. You're weird. Like, you know, and then I have to really make such a point of like out loud saying, do not be your own worst enemy. Like, you have to speak to yourself kindly because even if the whole world is against you, you've got to be in a place where you can be your own island and your own friend and be like, nope, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing and I'm going to be kind to myself. And that is so true with all of these journeys and should be able to help you through the false starts or wanting to give in the towel. Um, but yeah, coming from a place of self-harm uh, to self-love is so fucking difficult. It's so difficult. Like, don't ever let anyone tell you that it's easy because it's not. Like, I still, I'll take five steps forward and then take three steps back, man. Like, it is hard. Um, but the journey is really worth it. It's so worth it in the end. Um, and it's worth it along the way as well because you start discovering things about yourself. And when you build that trust, because you keep doing the things you promise yourself that you're gonna do, you're building that patience. You know you don't require the rewards uh, or instant gratification to continue. You build that trust and you know that, you know, I'm gonna do this. Um, and that's when you start to become your own friend. But it's difficult. Never let anyone tell you it isn't. Come, come, take it from me. It's really hard. But it's so, so worth it. Because you've got one go, man. Like, I know I say this a lot, but yeah, Jesus, like, just what I've experienced in the last two weeks, things I never thought I'd see. And I'm so happy to say that I'm just 
doing life and I never thought that I would and it's so wonderful but the reason why I started this podcast and why I do what I do online and put myself out there is because I know that there is a ripple of change happening with my words and I hope to give you that kind of space where you feel included and you know that you can do it too and I always want you to feel like you're with me not watching me um yeah Anyway, okay, <laughs> some more words for you and then I'm going to leave you this lovely saying from, from the Buddha. Every morning we are born again. What we do today is what matters most. And I just think that speaks for itself, doesn't it? I think you can have so many bad days and I still have so many bad days, um, but I love the hope of the morning, knowing that tomorrow is another chance again. Very important to remember as well if you're out there and you're feeling burnt out from trying too much or for having for having too many false starts, um, it's okay to rest. Like I said at the beginning, that stillness and that rest, you cannot perform, you cannot use your mind, be creative, you cannot run, you cannot lift, you cannot build muscle, you cannot do any of it without proper rest. Rest is the ingredient that a lot of people overlook and do not put into their uh, plans because they think that they have to be productive entirely all the time. But rest without guilt and rest without shame is where power is, is brewed. Uh, there should be no guilt in it at all. You know, for example, me doing, I'm training for Paris Marathon. I've got nine weeks. Oh, God. Uh, I've actually rested more in this training block than any other race that I've prepared for. Uh, so having two full days of complete rest and I'm running faster, I'm feeling stronger. I'm able to balance my other, uh, my other ventures, whatever, because I've kind of let go of a lot of guilt around being hyper, not being hyper productive all the time. It helps me stay injury free. Um, and it helps my mind just feel better. So it will not work. None of this will work if you do not rest. Of course, you know, there's a little bit of knowing when you need to rest and knowing when you need to work. And if you feel like you don't have the, like it's a toss up, right? And this is something people ask me a lot. And it's hard to vocalize this because it's very, it's intrinsic to you. So only you have this trust or knowledge of yourself and how you're really feeling but a lot of people who say I don't have the energy to work out they don't work out so they don't have energy right so it's that whole it's really hard to get a grasp on this but you know if you're feeling lethargic and tired and you're someone who doesn't exercise and you don't have you know whatever exercising will give you energy action creates energy but in so many biological ways when you move you have more energy you just you have energy to work out. So that momentum, that momentum will keep you going. If you're someone who is already on a fitness journey, you're feeling burnt out, um, you know, just please remember that periods of rest, periods of plateaus are normal, natural, needed. <laughs> um, my biggest plateau on my weight loss journey was six months. Um, I took a complete break from everything. I went to the pub with my mates a lot and I just put weight loss completely on the back burner because I wanted to experience my life. I didn't want to burn out. Um, and I really didn't want to make everything in my life about losing weight because that would be, 
you know, I mean, who wants that? No one. That's not the way to live. So I've had so many periods where I've really taken a step back and allowed proper, really proper, deep rest um, and stillness. So uh, I would say on that note, you know, never feel guilty for resting. It's, it's very, very important. So I'll leave you there. Um, <clears throat> we're going to end on a poem, as always. Uh, this is a poem by John O'Donoghue. It's really beautiful. It's a submission from Katie. So please keep your poem submissions coming. Uh, I think I've used all my favorites now. So guys, I really need you to send them to me because I'm running low. Um, but yeah, this is by John O'Donoghue. This is the time to be slow. Lie low to the wall until the bitter weather passes. Try as best you can not to let the wire brush of doubt scrape from your heart all sense of yourself and your hesitant light. If you remain generous, time will come good and you will find your feet again on fresh pastures of promise where the air will be kind and blushed with beginning. Gorgeous. Very fitting. All right, guys, I'll leave it there. Sending loads of love to you all. As always, I love to hear your feedback on these episodes uh, on Instagram. I think this is quite a good one, actually. Very pleased. So I hope I got my points across. Love you loads, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>